You open up your email and see one of your dream brands pop up in your inbox and you think, oh my gosh, I finally made it. It's happening. Only to read through the email and see that in exchange for your hard work creating multiple deliverables for them, they'll offer you their brand new product for free. That's right. They quote, don't have a budget and can only provide you with free product. Well, that sure isn't going to be paying the bills and help sustain this business that you're growing. So what do you do? Do you just accept the gift? product to start a relationship with them? Or do you try and convince them that they should spend money on you and you don't just accept free products in exchange for all your hard work? Because you don't want to miss out on a valuable partnership that could lead to a future paid partnership, but you also don't want to get in the habit of doing work for free when you're trying to build a business. I'm Kristen Duskan. I've been a full-time creator for over three years and I've brought in over $400,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is a podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today, I'm giving you the scoop on exactly how to handle those gifted partnership offers so that you can continue to grow your business as a creator. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 123 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. We haven't talked in quite a few weeks now, almost a month. And I feel like so much has happened (laughs) just like in life in the last few weeks. First things first, a dog update, because I know this is like really, I know this is why you guys are here. Let's be honest. We got a new foster right before Christmas. His name was Dill Pickles. I don't know why. I just looked at him and I said, you look like a dill pickles to me. He was like a little dachshund, corgi, beagle, houndish looking little dog. Um, And he literally got adopted within a week. He just went home to his family last Wednesday. So yay, one more dog adopted in 2023. And then also right after Christmas, we got a second foster. So we had five freaking dogs in my house. Andrew was ready to kill me. We had five dogs in our house. Gibbs, named after Leroy Jethro Gibbs from NCIS. If you know, you know. Gibbs was with us or is with us, but he literally just had a meet and greet today. It went so well and he's about to get adopted as well. So we are literally just cycling dogs through this house. (laughs) It's absolute madness, but like the best possible kind of madness ever. That's your doggy update. Aside from that, I hope you all had a great holiday season. I would say from, mm, let's say December 22nd until December 30th. I don't think I put on real clothes. Definitely didn't put on a bra. I pretty much lived my best life. My birthday was on Christmas and I spent the whole day just sitting around, hanging out with Andrew. I did put on sweatpants and a sports bra, okay, if we're going to count that as a bra, to on Christmas go walk dogs at the animal shelter because I said, this is my day and I want to spend it with all of the cute dogs. So that's what Andrew and I did. We had a great day. We ordered Chinese food because obviously that's the only thing that's open. And we played games with some of our friends. So it was a great, great holiday. On New Year's Eve, we went out uh, to this really nice, like fancy Italian restaurant. And it was like one of those restaurants where you don't know how to read the menu unless you're fancy, which I am not. I ordered a bottle of wine for the table and she like came around and you know how they pour a little bit of it and they like make you like smell it and then taste it or whatever. And I like did not know what she was asking me to do. So that was embarrassing, but the food was great. We spent way too much money, ended up 
up at an Irish pub and I was home in bed by 1130. It was a great time. That's apparently New Year's Eve when you're 30. (laughs) Outside of that, I was digging into like some of the social media news from the last few weeks. And gosh, it feels like nothing happened, which is so great because they kind of let us enjoy the holiday season. Like how nice of Instagram and TikTok and YouTube was that? So when I was doing some research, I really only found a tiny, tiny bit of things to share with you guys. Uh, The first actually and the only for today being that Instagram is testing the ability to create public collections on profiles. So this would allow you to add saved posts to your profile as a way of showing more of your interest. So this gives me like major Pinterest board vibes where they would be public. So that is pretty cool. I kind of like this. I think it's a nice way to showcase for me. I would love to put like more dog stuff and more books that I want to read or that I loved reading. Just kind of like maybe things that are not super in my niche, but are secondary to my niche. I think this could be really cool and I dig it. Yay, Instagram. We're starting 2024 off on the right foot. I'm happy. Now, as the year gets started, I know that you're making 2024 the year where you're going to really like do this thing big. Okay. But this does not mean that you're not still getting flooded with gifted partnership offers. I've been doing this full time for freaking years and I still get gifted partnership offers literally every day. So I wanted to teach you what you should be doing when you get these types of offers. So let's talk all things gifted partnerships and get right into it. Gifted partnerships seemingly have a really bad rep. And honestly, I have to say I probably contributed to that because I will preach that gifted partnerships are really not ideal. And I think that most people do agree with this. But the more that I have really seen this industry kind of like transition and grow, the more I actually don't hate gifted partnerships in certain capacities that I'm going to detail for you right now. Because I don't want you to think I'm saying just take any gifted partnership because let me just tell you, that's definitely not what I'm saying, okay? Let's talk first about gifted partnerships are they always bad? I know they have a negative connotation. Is that true? Are they always bad? I think personally, there's a case for yes or no. (laughs) Like this could really go both ways. The first reason I think gifted partnerships can be bad is that aside from the obvious that we don't want to work for free, they may make it more difficult for you in the future to secure a paid deal after you've already worked with the brand for free. And I will say, I actually don't think this is true hundred percent of the time. Like there are a lot of brands. And we're going to talk about this more that I think doing a gifted partnership with them is almost like a a trial, a show of faith, a show of what it's like to work with you. And I don't think it's a horrible thing, but there are plenty of brands, more like scummy brands who uh, like, it gives me like Amazon brands kind of vibe where they basically want you to do a gifted partnership. And they're like, yeah, we want to do it as a trial. And then maybe if it goes good, then we can go from there for a paid partnership. And you're like, all right, cool. I'll do this trial. And then you literally never, ever, ever hear from them again. That that's obviously like a very common situation. I think that's a case for why gifted partnerships can be bad. At the end of the day, if they're promising you that they're going to be using this as a test, there's no guarantee that you're going to be paid in the future. And a side note that I will say with that is if you find that you're in a situation like that with a brand that you really want to work with, I would say to them, okay, cool. 
cool. We'll do this test, but I want to hear specific parameters right now on what you're looking for from me so that I know that if I hit those parameters, I am in a, a section now where like I'm only working with you in a paid capacity. So at least you have a little bit more of a leg to stand on at that point because you haven't just been like, okay, if it performs good, then we'll work together paid. But what does good mean? Like that's what you need to dig into and figure out. On the other hand, our brand partnerships always bad. The other thing is not really because it helps you show the brand, your loyalty, your work, and what it's like to work with you. And it gets your foot in the door with those brands. I do also want to make a big, big, big point here that brands love to work with creators who are willing to show their loyalty and show how great they are to work with. For you to say, you know what? Yes, I'll do a gifted partnership with you because I just love you guys so much. It's going to be so great when we work together in the future and continue this relationship. That is a huge show of faith. And I think that says a lot about how much you love the brand. Because for me personally, I would, there are not a lot of brands. Like I would not do that for a lot of brands where I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do this gifted. And then, you know, hopefully we can move on to paid in the future. I think there's very few brands that I would do that for. And so that really shows my loyalty and my love for the brand. But even more important, our industry is very saturated. You guys know this. It's oversaturated. There are a bazillion content creators. What sets you apart? Honestly, one of the biggest things is how you are to work with. It's so crazy. Before I had social me, I worked with a company where I actually hired the influencers for their campaigns. And it was honestly mind-blowing to me how many creators would just like never answer emails or they would never send an invoice voice or they were never like paying attention to the brief, wouldn't send their content on time. I had to email them 10 times to get a response. Like, and, and all of those people, I was like, I don't care how good the content is. I'm never paying them. I'm never working with them again. So think about that. Like one of your unique value propositions of working with you as a creator over someone else can literally be, oh my gosh, this creator is so easy to work with. And what better way to show them how great you are to work with than through, you know, a gifted collaboration if that opportunity is open to you. Or I should say if that's the only opportunity presented to you. I think the really big question here with gifted collaborations is should I take this gifted collaboration or not? And again, I think there's a lot of like yeses and nos here, but I have to say the more the industry has changed and the more creators that have come onto the scene and are really great creators, the more I want to actually say yes, but with a caveat. Okay. I'm not, again, let's just make this clear. I'm not telling you, you should take every gifted partnership or any gifted partnership that comes your way, but this is my case for why it might be a good idea. The first reason that I think you may want to consider taking a gifted partnership is that it's going to help you get your foot in the door. As I mentioned before, being able to show your loyalty to the brand, show what it's like to work with you before you do a gifted collaboration pretty much helps to guarantee that if there is gifted collaborations, you're going to be on that shortlist. So I want to tell you, yes, take that gifted partnership so that you can get your foot in the door. But this is the caveat, no dedicated posts. And I want to quickly give you the explanation on what that means, because this is incredibly important when you are deciding if you should be taking these or not. The difference between 
between a dedicated versus an integrated post. A dedicated post would be, for example, if it were a sunscreen brand, I would be creating maybe a, a reel or a feed post on Instagram or a TikTok video all about how this is the best sunscreen I'm ever, I've ever had. Here are all the benefits. Here's how I put it on. Here's my wear test. Everything is specifically dedicated in that post to that sunscreen. Whereas an integrated post, for example, might be more of me saying, hey, here's everything that I have in my makeup bag that I bring on vacation with me. And the sunscreen is just one of those products that I'm going to be talking about. Or I might be like a quick Instagram story saying, here's a sunscreen that I'm wearing today um, because it's super sunny or whatever. So it's, it's not necessarily that I'm creating like this big, beautiful, high production piece of content about this product because that's what I want to get paid for. I don't want to give them everything. I want to give them a little taste. So an integrated post, I think is fine. For example, if that brand sent me the sunscreen, I could be like, great, here's how I use it in my full routine, or here's what I'm throwing in my makeup bag. It just happens to be one of the products. But when I want to say this is the best sunscreen ever, here's how I use it and all that, I want to be paid for that. That is a dedicated post. My rule of thumb is with gifted partnerships, no dedicated posts. Okay. Now the other thing here, now the other thing here is that gifted partnerships might be smart to take on if gifted is the only option right now in their budget. Now we've all heard from brands. Oh, sorry. We don't have the budget. We don't have the budget. We don't have the budget. Obviously, we don't know if they're lying or not. Like they could straight up just be saying that, obviously, because they don't want to spend, you know, a gazillion dollars hiring influencers. They just want to see what they can get for free. So you're going to come across that very often is that, oh, we don't have the budget for it. But believe it or not, there are actually some brands out there who are being totally honest <laughs> and they just don't have the budget. And so, in that case, and again, this is where the risk comes in because how do you know? How do you tell the difference between the brand who's just trying to see? what they can get for free out of creators versus the brand who genuinely right at the second doesn't have a budget. You don't, you can't, you can't tell the difference. So this is a risk you're going to be taking, but that brand might not be playing you. They may really not have the money right now. And if you were to take a gifted partnership on with them, when they do have the money, who do you think they're going to hire? They're not going to go and find a ton of new influencers if they already have a whole list of influencers who did free stuff for them that they really freaking loved working with. Like this gets you on the short list for when there is actually a budget that is, you know, happening that they have to spend. So I think this kind of goes along with the first bit here is like, if for example, the brand doesn't have a budget and you say, cool, it's fine. I got you anyway. Let me, yeah, send over this new sunscreen. I'm going to post like a quick Instagram story about it, or I'm going to put, put it into my integrated post about my makeup bag. Like, I think that's all great and dandy. It doesn't need to be anything super fancy, but this is still going to give you some brownie points when it comes to working with that brand in the future when they do have a budget. The other situation where I would say, yes, maybe you should take it on as a gifted partnership is if the product is the same amount of money as you would ask for, and now you don't have to pay for it at all. And let me clarify that a little bit. 
for example, years and years ago, I was charging, I don't know, maybe $500 for an Instagram post and a mattress company reached out to me and it was like a thousand dollar mattress. And so that mattress was a thousand dollars. I was going to get paid $500 instead of me having to like go buy a mattress or anything like that. I basically got that mattress for free. And I felt like that was a very fair trade because the, the product costs more than, you know, double of what I was going to be asking for. And I understand like no product value doesn't necessarily equate to what you should be paid. Like we still want to be paid in cold, hard cash. I get that. But here's one thing you should think about when you get paid. So if I got paid that $500, I would have had to pay taxes on that $500. If they just sent me a thousand dollar mattress that I do feel like is a good, a good, uh, trade there. Now I don't have to pay on that $500 that I'm making in my bank account. I don't have to pay the taxes on that because I never got paid that $500. So I kind of start to think about it like that in some cases, but this is only like very, very select few brands or products that I would ever do this with. If a brand wants to send me, you know, $500 worth of clothing, I don't need $500 worth of clothes. I have too much clothing already. That for me might not be like a fair enough trade where I'm like, okay, I really need this, whatever. Whereas maybe a mattress or something, very different story. Or for example, I'm building this uh, shed office thing, right? In the backyard. And I'm trying to work with a decking company and I would do it on a gifted basis because it's going to save me thousands of dollars in having uh, the deck put on the front of it. So there are situations where if you feel like it's way like overvalued for what you would be paid, I actually think it's not a bad idea to consider it because that's less you will have to pay in taxes. Also, side note, if you're listening to this and saying, oh, well, don't you have to pay taxes on anything you're gifted? Ask your CPA because every single one has a different answer to that question. My CPA, however, doesn't make me track any of that, doesn't doesn't count that as um, an income. And there are CPAs who do. It's going to depend on which one you have. So take that up with your CPA. All right. So maybe you've decided to take on this gifted partnership maybe you haven't. And you're like, how do I even handle these gifted collaborations? Do I say yes? Do I say no? Like I'm confused. I have a little wrap up of my cases for each. First, like I said, say yes, but with the caveat of it's not going to be a dedicated post or there's no mandatory mandatory posting. Like send me the product and I'll do what I feel is right. And what I what I I'll do what feels good, for example, with the product. Um, The other is to say yes to the high ticket product. Lastly here is to say yes to build your portfolio. If you are a new creator who has not done gifted partnerships, I'm talking to you. If you are a creator who has already done a gazillion partnerships, I do not want you doing stuff for free unless, again, it falls into the caveat of no dedicated posts or it's a high ticket product that you feel comfortable trading. But other than that, your portfolio is built, sis. You do not need to be doing, you know, Instagram, a full Instagram post in exchange for like a soap, okay? We're not there. If you are a brand new creator and you need the experience of what it's like to work with a brand before you are working in a paid capacity, yes, do it, do it, do it. If you are a creator who needs to build up your portfolio because you have no 
product or service focused posts in it, yes, please do it. However, I only think you need to be doing about three to five of those gifted partnerships. Three to five gifted partnerships to build your portfolio is beautiful. Any more than that, I think you are getting taken advantage of. Um, You are maybe in the mindset of, oh my gosh, I still don't know why brands would pay me. I'm just little old me. They don't need to pay me. That would be crazy. Get out of that mindset. If you've done three to five gifted partnerships, you should be asking for money at this point. Okay. On the other hand, say no to the brand. If they are only asking for gifted collaborations and you are straight up like, I've already built my portfolio. This is a low ticket item. They want a dedicated post. Say no. Sometimes saying no and walking away is literally the most powerful thing you can do because sometimes brands will straight up go find money in the budget and be like, dang, they caught us. We need to like reel them back in with some money here. Let's find some money that we can offer them. And then they will offer it to you. Life will be good. Sometimes saying no is the most powerful thing that you can do. Do not feel like you need to say yes and be nice all the time. Sometimes you have to just say, sorry, I appreciate the offer, but this is not the right offer for me. If anything opens up in your budget, hit me up. If not, bye-bye. The other thing to think about is you can say no to these gifted partnerships because you are taking a risk at the end of the day. Especially if you have brands who say, let's just do one gifted and see where it goes from there. You are still taking a risk. Even if, even if, like I said, you say to them, oh, what is a good post to you? And they give you parameters and you hit those parameters. That's still no guarantee that they're going to pay you. Yes, it gives you more of a leg to stand on, you know, in the future when you do want to say, hey, let's work together. I hit all the parameters that you asked for. Like now I want to get paid. That does not mean that they're going to still say yes. Okay. So at the end of the day, it is still a risk. If you are not comfortable taking that risk, then don't, you don't need to work for free. That's fine. Probably the most popular option that I personally see with my students and with myself when it comes to handling gifted collaboration offers is saying no and politely declining, but explaining that you do need to be paid. So, and by you saying that you don't have the capacity to take on that gifted partnership, that basically means, hey, I need to save my time and my energy and all these feed post spots on my feed for the people who are going to pay me. I don't have the capacity to do all of that for someone who's not paying me. That's like typically what I'm saying back to a brand is, Hey, thank you so much for your offer. You know, I really do love this sunscreen. I'm actually someone who already uses it or whatever. However, I right now do not have the time to take on gifted partnerships. I do not have the capacity to take on gifted partnerships, but I am happy to work at a rate that works for both parties. And this is where the negotiation process really starts. And I like to say this first, typically like any, this is something that I tell all my students, if you're getting a gifted partnership inquiry, I think it's always 100% of the time worth asking for money first before you just accept it, before you say yes with the caveats, before you say yes to, you know, build your portfolio, whatever it is. Before you say yes, I think you should 100% of the time be sending them this message that says, hey, I need to be paid. Because <laughs> like, how are you ever going to know if they would be a brand that would actually pay you if you do not ask? You can ask the brand, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm happy to work out a rate that works for both of us. 
And they might get back to you and say, you know, unfortunately, we really don't have a budget to work with. I'm so sorry. Like if you want it gifted, like we'll do it gifted, but we can't pay you. And then you can make your decision on if that's worth it for you or not. But I think you should always, always ask because a lot of the times what will happen is, you know, the brand will say, okay, you know, we can give you this much money. Maybe it's, it's, you know, not exactly what you're asking for. Or maybe if I say that I'm willing to work out a rate that works for both of us, they might say, okay, well, can you send over your rates? They look at them and say, okay, well, you know, I see that your rate for this is, is $500. We can give you 300. And then you again, start the negotiation process, but you never, ever, ever know until you ask. That's honestly my biggest rule of thumb with gifted partnerships. Always, always, always ask for the money, ask to for their budget, ask to work out a rate that works for both of you, and then make your decision. Is it worth it for you to say yes or just walk away? Moral of the story here, gifted partnerships are not always bad. There are plenty of situations, especially with the anti-pitch method, where gifted partnerships are actually going to be a great tool to get your foot in the door. If you are concerned confused about the anti-pitch method and are you maybe you're hearing this for the first time and saying what is she talking about in the show notes we have a link to our anti-pitch method guide where you can learn all about how to more consistently work with brands in a long-term capacity without sending cold pitches i'm over them we're not doing them in 2024 thank you that's on my ins and outs list in the outs section if you have any questions let me know send me a dm you guys know my dms are always 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 open And bye.